the Faith That Obeys podcast, 029, Multiple Baptisms. As I present the biblical plan of salvation to my evangelical friends, one of the common protests they raise is the issue of multiple baptisms appearing in the scriptures. I might reference Acts 2.38 in order to explain what happens in water baptism, and my evangelical friend quickly responds with something like this. Well, water baptism might not be what Peter's talking about there in Acts. You know, there are several types of baptisms mentioned in the scriptures. This is probably a spiritual baptism, not water baptism. To add to the confusion, there's another problem affecting this debate. By the time Paul got around to writing Ephesians 4.4, he tells us there's only one baptism. So, is Acts 2.38 spiritual baptism, or is it water baptism? As we begin, let's talk about these multiple baptisms we see in the scriptures. Then, let's see if we can't narrow all of this down to the one baptism Paul talks about in Ephesians. I've been told there are as many as 11 different types of baptisms mentioned in the Bible. More commonly, I hear from 7 to 9. Here's my list. I'm up to 10. Number 1. Baptism of or with fire. These would be trials or even death. Number 2. New Testament water baptism. Number 3. Baptism for Jewish conversion. This is called the mikvah. Number four, John's baptism. Number five, Jesus or his disciples baptizing people. Number six, Holy Spirit baptism into Christ. Number seven, baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is different from number six. Number eight, baptism into Moses. Number nine, ceremonial washings of the Old Testament. Number ten, baptism for the dead. That's an interesting topic. There may be more, and if you can think of any, please let me know. Well, we're probably only concerned with a couple of these. We are looking for baptisms which apply to the New Testament era, and they must be associated with the conversion experience Jesus calls born again in John. John 3.5 Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of the water and the spirit. This seems to narrow it down to either a spiritual baptism or a water baptism. We know that water baptism was commanded by Jesus in the Great Commission. That happens in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. We know this Matthew 28 passage is about water baptism because the disciples were told it is something that they were to perform on people who had decided to respond to the gospel message. They were to baptize new disciples. We are also familiar with spiritual baptism. Look at 1 Corinthians 12.13. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. We cannot get into the body of Christ unless the spirit baptizes us into the one body. So, there appear to be two different baptisms we acknowledge when we have this debate. 
One is a physical baptism and one is a spiritual baptism. This seems to me to be the two competing understandings of what Paul's one baptism might be, water or spirit. The other baptisms we see throughout the Bible don't seem to have anything to do with connecting us to Christ or adding us to the church. So the question is, when we see baptism mentioned in the book of Acts and forward, and we see it linked to the forgiveness of sins being added to the church or being placed into Christ, our question is, is this a water baptism or a spiritual baptism? I think it's both. This is the only way to harmonize everything. Listen, we can't say on one hand there are two different baptisms for conversion and then say there's only one baptism. In my mind, there's one baptism, but two things are happening. Let me explain this and I'll bet you'll agree. When we submit ourselves to water baptism, we are physically being buried in water and raised again. By submitting ourselves to water baptism, we're obeying Jesus' command. At the time of our obedience, the Spirit steps in. According to 1 Corinthians, He baptizes us into the one body and into Christ after our sins are forgiven by God. I think all this happens in an instant during water baptism. When we harmonize everything using this view, a bunch of New Testament passages about baptism make complete sense. In Acts 2.38, Peter tells the people to be baptized after they ask, what must we do? As I've said, this must be a water baptism if Peter is doing what he was told to do in the Great Commission, right? But it is also the time the Spirit baptized the 3,000 into Christ, into salvation, and into the church. It's all one and the same event. One baptism, two components. If we take this view, every other baptism we see in the book of Acts works beautifully. Take the Ethiopian eunuch. This is clearly a water baptism, but he's radically changed at that time. Something happened to him during his baptism. Listen to this excerpt, Acts 8, 38-39. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. The treasurer of Ethiopia is a changed man. Consider the Philippian jailer and his family. This is a great passage to study because it presents baptism, but with a bit of ambiguity. Both proponents of the argument can, and do, make a solid case that this is water baptism or spiritual baptism. Listen to this, Acts 16, 33-34. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. The jailer is radically changed. He invites the prisoners to his home and serves them a meal. Now you got to stop and think about that for just a second. 
It would be wildly insane for any jailer to coddle a prisoner. That's nuts. This would only happen if something amazing had transpired in the jailer's mind and heart. Luke explains he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Some will argue, yeah, but this scripture does not say Paul baptized them. It simply says they were baptized. This is why I think the Holy Spirit baptizes people. So let's ask, is this a water baptism or did the Spirit alone baptize them? If there's only one baptism, it has to be both. Water baptism is a command of God and Paul most certainly would not have forgotten to do it. When the Bible tells us, then immediately he and all his family were baptized, I've got to go with the common sense and normal understanding of what baptism is. Most folks don't know anything about our nuanced arguments. Baptism to them is simply and always baptism in water. However, knowing what we know, we also understand that the only way this man and his family could have been changed is by God entering their lives and their hearts. Harmonizing this as one event, two components, satisfies all argument. And when we allow all of this to harmonize, we discover another interesting thing. The Bible sums this up as he had come to believe in God. This is how we know true biblical belief includes obedience to God's commands. Belief and faith are made complete by what we do, not by what we think. Take any other baptism event in the New Testament and see if this understanding doesn't work out. It's amazing. But there is one more thing. Listen carefully. When we argue about this particular issue, the argument is typically an either-or argument. We say Acts 2.38 is either water baptism or spirit baptism. But perhaps we've missed something, something which has been staring us right in the face for 2,000 years. In fact, we've already talked about it near the beginning of this podcast. I had been missing this incredible fact for over 30 years and discovered it as I wrote this lesson. It's seen in what Jesus said to Nicodemus. Let's look at that again. John 3, 5. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of the water and the spirit. Hmm. Jesus describes the born-again experience as water and the spirit. Not water or the spirit. What we argue are two different and separate events, Jesus tells us they are two aspects of a singular event, which he calls born again. When we are born again, there are very clearly two things involved. Folks, it's time for a paradigm shift. It's not either or anymore. Now... There may be one little fly in the ointment. There are a couple of times in the book of Acts when it appears as if we see the Holy Spirit baptizing people before they're water baptized. 
And in other cases, it appears that people are baptized by the Spirit sometime after their baptism in water. What's that all about? Let's tackle this tumultuous topic next. Well, thanks for listening. Join the argument at www.afaiththatobeys.org slash blog.